Hey, uh, we were doing the Monster Mash, despite not knowing how to do the Monster Mash, because the song The Monster Mash is not the Monster Mash itself, but instead a song about people doing the Monster Mash. Very it's a, interesting. It's a lot like uh, Tenacious D's tribute. It's not the actual, this isn't the actual song, it's about the it's song. It's just the tribute! The reason we were doing the Monster Mash here in studio is because it's almost Halloween. Or as some people say, Halloween. Halloween. I'm not sure where this will be released in proximity. Whoa. That was like some uh, unsolved mysteries. Oh, but we got new equipment, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Jim's playing with it live. Sorry. Uh, I'm not sure where this episode will be released in proximity to the 31st, hopefully prior. It'll be ASA Pizzle. Okay. Uh, This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I don't have a cool name like Dracula or Frankenstein's Monster or The Creature. I'm just Kevin. And I'm just Jim. I'm joined by Jim. uh, So no cool Halloween name for you. Should I have a cool Halloween name? I don't know what it would be. Uh, if you had a cool Halloween name, what were your cool Halloween name? Should you be like the typical doucher guy? Like your name's Steve Jensen. You're the high school quarterback. You know, when they try and come up with new scary names like Freddy Krueger, which, yeah. you know, is a classic. But if they try and come up with a new one, it always just ends up sounding like it's horrible. Uh, there's a uh, a show that was on Fox and it was actually kind of cool premise it was um i can't remember what it's called but basically celebrity paranormal project now all these uh kids were at this like camp this retreat as kids and everybody got killed and now like 20 years later they're returning to the camp but the killer as part of the massacre his name was john wakefield uh, there's always an the interesting scary name. killer john wakefield that show though the cool thing was is every week they promised to kill a main character okay so it's kind of like scream in a way where by the end of the show it was like who's going to survive who's going to be the killer spoiler alert it's called uh harper's island spoiler alert the killer after watching the entire series the entire season is john wakefield go figure so he even though he died he's now back and he's like working with his son dumb so yeah we need a cool name i could be trent blakeman there you go trent blakeman so there we go speaking of uh dracula which is a cool name quickly just for fun who would you cast to play dracula in a modern movie or tv show in a modern mine's movie. easy i will say right off the bat for me it's been the same answer for 20 years but dracula would have to be more of like a stalking dracula yeah. not like a very vocal well-spoken dracula it would be former UFC heavyweight fighter and champion, professional sexy man, Andre Arlovsky. <laughs> he looks more like Wolfman. Yeah, but he had the fangs. I remember yeah. he'd wear the fang mouthpiece. I just thought of a good one, too. If we're thinking actors, Javier Bardem. Yeah. I think he'd be perfect. Well, he was signed on for, they were rebooting the Universal Monsters movies, and they had the middle two Thetan did the mummy movie and it was so bad it sounded like you said middle tooth thetans i did so Th- they're scientologists yeah tom cruise oh middle tooth yeah. oh you said middle tooth thetan my yeah. bad so tom cruise did the new mummy movie and it was literally so bad that they just canceled the whole thing but javier bardem signed on to be maybe the wolfman he was like okay. uh, one of the universal monsters but again i can see that though i actually did just watch the new invisible man and it's awesome. Who's in that one? Uh, what's the girl from? Oh, Hands Made Tail Check. Yeah, yes. Okay, I know who you're yeah, talking about. I can't remember her name right now, but. Offred. Uh, yes. Oh, Elizabeth Moss. There you go. Elizabeth Moss. So, yeah, good pick. 
I would say Javier Bardem and Andre Arlovsky. I like that. So we thank everyone who tuned into our season two finale, which we call the deep end. If you want to hear us cover Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL, refer to Apple Podcasts and Spotify or however you're listening now. This week, however, not the season three debut. Not yet. Just a Halloween special. Mm -hmm. Our first holiday special. And the movie that we're covering has a guy dressed like Dracula. No Dracula in it. We are covering Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Not Gremlins, which is a Christmas movie, but the sequel. This one, much more comedic, comedic, much more slapstick than the first. Think very, very Looney Tunes and featuring a bunch of parodies within, such as Rambo, Wizard of Oz, Phantom of the Opera, also some weird cameos, including the Looney Tunes themselves. A lot of weird cameos. Now, Warner Brothers could not convince Gremlins director Joe Dante to return for the sequel. He thought the first film ended things appropriately, as did I. And not surprising because original, not surprising that they couldn't convince him to come back because the original ideas for the sequel wanted to send the Gremlins to Las Vegas or the planet Mars. Why not? (laughs) There there does not need to be a sequel to this movie whatsoever. But if you're going to go crazy, go all the way crazy. I did. What is, what are are gremlins on Mars? I don't know. Total recall. Other than. (laughs) Thank you, Tony gremlins. (laughs) (laughs) Some guy was just high and was like, dude, I just saw total recall. Gremlins on Mars. Think about it, man. Uh, However, Joe Dante, he did come around and he agreed to return for the sequel when Warner Brothers tripled the budget of the first movie also they allowed him to have complete control over all aspects of the movie which interesting you say total recall because if you remember when we covered that episode back in season one same year arnold schwarzenegger got total control over total recall who was hired who did everything so that's essentially what they did for joe dante here and dante dante i love dante the multiple dantes (laughs) Dante's <laughs> idea was to he wanted to make a satire of the first gremlins movie so basically they were like we're gonna triple the budget let you do anything you want to do what do you want to do and he's like i want to make fun of the first movie i made yeah he's like i want to completely undo everything i did released in june of 1990 jim tell us about the budget the box office and how we were living when gremlins 2 was released also bonus if there's a spooky alan jackson fact spooky there's not going to be anything spooky about an alan jackson fact because this was during the lighter discovery years of one mr alan jackson this movie had like you said doubled the budget 50 million dollar budget but guess what only made 41 million dollars that's use that term made loosely because it didn't make anything no it made absolutely nothing lost money they put so much money into set design and cameos that it ate the entire budget of this movie to hell. So here's some news in and around June of 1990. Speaking of spooky, Dr. Jack Kevorkian came to prominence after assisting in his first suicide in Oregon. Now, that's a very touchy subject. Really not the place for us to talk about. But hey, it's up to you. Whatever makes you feel better, you should have the choice over your own body. Two live crew the members were arrested in florida for obscenity law violation me so horny you now in prison speaking of somebody who's one of kevin's favorites billy joel performs at yankee stadium no (laughs) 
Mr. William Joel himself. So, this is totally random. But last night, the Los Angeles Dodgers won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Following, what was it, two weeks ago, the yeah. Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA Finals. Imagine living in L.A. and being a Clippers and Angels fan. <sighs> Could you imagine being a Clippers and Angels fan while the Lakers and Dodgers win? We're Indians and Browns fans. We get it, but, but we don't, we don't win. Have, we don't have other teams, though. That's, yeah, like that's in, true. In New York, if you were a, what, Mets and a Knicks fan and then yes. in the Nets and the, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, though. I get it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for Kevin's favorite segment, your spooky alan jackson update started looking at me different put me up on this pedestal like i was some kind of saint or something you know and i was like man i'm just a singer simple song please tell me he had like a haunted hat or something no but he did a concert with a man that wore a haunted hat clint black in alabama they only he only did one concert the entire year and it was with those guys and that is your Alan Jackson spooky update. <laughs> okay, so Clint Black's 55-gallon cowboy hat tried to consume yep. all the members of Alabama. Yep. And That's what I heard. Your uh, Alabama, we, we have ironically have mentioned before when we talked about cover songs previously in a pool check, doing God Must Have Spent a Little More Time on You, Yeah, which we don't ever, ever want to talk about ever again. The number one song in America, June 1990 at this time, It Must Have Been Love by Roxette. Wow. Was the number I would not, because the week after is Step by Step, New Kids on the Block. Roxette, It Must Have Been Love is a song that has got better since then. It has a lot of staying power. I really do like it. I'm surprised that it was the number one song because I didn't think it got that much Well, it's Well, it was uh, number one for three weeks and then followed uh, Step by Step New Kids for an additional three weeks. Number one film Dick Tracy. Nice. Number one in America and I've been talking about I want to watch Dick Tracy. Yeah, I think we're going to cover that because neither of us have watched it in an extremely long time. 30 years since it first came out, so 30 years. So that's what was going on in America. Great. Thank you, Jim. We like a slasher Halloween movie. We want to just get in the house, get out of the house, and uh, run through this thing quickly. So let's move on to plot. So Mr. Wing from the original Gremlins movie who owned Gizmo, he is the final roadblock for Daniel Clamp to build a tower in Chinatown where he literally says where business gets oriented uncomfortable yeah there's racism you know let's laugh about it so mr wing dies clamp is able to demolish his building and gizmo who lives in this building becomes a guinea pig so basically he escapes from the demolition some scientists grab him and he becomes an experiment at clamp's high rise yes gizmo is then rescued from the scientists by billy and kate from the original movie who are now engaged. They both work in Clamp's building, and Clamp takes a liking to Billy after seeing his designs. Billy's an architect. Gizmo gets left at the office. Billy basically goes on a date-not date with his boss to try and get ahead, and Gizmo gets left in a filing cabinet drawer. And a broken water fountain spills water on Gizmo's head, which we see coming from a mile away. Comically spills water. Uh, Like a Rube Goldberg. Right. You know the rules. No getting wet. No eating after midnight. The water fountain causes Gizmo to spawn four mogwais. Do you think it's mogwai? Plural or mogwais? I'd say mogwais. Mogwais. Mm -hmm. So 
The four Mogwais eat after midnight, causing them to turn into gremlins after they lock, and afterwards they lock Gizmo in the vent. Buddy Hackett gremlin. Yes. My favorite. And uh, Gizmo eventually escapes the vent, but he is captured by the gremlin Mohawk, who tortures him. The gremlins set off the building's sprinklers, spawning a whole army of gremlins, which completely overrun and take over Clamp's building. Billy tells Clamp all he knows about gremlins, and they, along with Clamp, Billy and Clamp, plan to lure the gremlins to the lobby to be exposed to the sunlight. However, the rain comes out, so there's no sunlight but meanwhile the other gremlins drink some potions in a science lab causing some transformations into memorable gremlins like a female bombshell a vegetable gremlin and an electric gremlin grandpa fred a late night tv host in the building sort of like a goularty or something rip off of the monsters yes he films a lot of the gremlins chaos with the help of a tourist and gizmo he eventually saves some of our protagonists getting free from mohawk when he does his rambo impression and he sets a bottle of whiteout on fire and shoots it like an arrow did you ever know whiteout was flammable i didn't all right we learned something at Uh, least uh, (laughs) so again clam's lobby sunlight plan fails when it begins raining outside and there's no sunlight billy thinks fast he sprays water on the gremlins who are gathered in the lobby while releasing the electric gremlin, and it melts all of the gremlins. Clamp charges in with the police, but is impressed that Billy has solved the problem. Clamp gives Billy and Kate promotions. They take Gizmo, and he goes home to live with Billy once again. And Jim, unless you have anything else to mention, let's get into the characters. Let's get into the characters. All right, so we have Zach Galligan as Billy Peltzer. Phoebe Cates uh, returns. She's Kate. John Glover as Daniel Clamp, who's supposed to be Donald Trump meets Ted Turner. But still makes no sense to me. He's not even a dick. (laughs) That's what I don't get. He's not a dick. He's not a charlatan. He just seems to be more of a puppet. Like Robert Picardo comes off more of the Clamp guy than Clamp does. Robert Prosky as Grandpa Fred, who we know from Last Last Action Action Hero. Hero. He's Nick with the golden ticket. He probably would not travel into this movie. As you said, Robert (laughs) Picardo as Forrester. He's the chief of security. Christopher Lee doing his best as Dr. Cushing catheter. Worst fucking character name that we've covered so far. Getty Watanabe as Mr. Kasuji, a Japanese tourist. A.K.A. Long Duck Dong from 16 Candles. Yeah, and then we've got a whole lot of cameos. In this There's one. a ton. Pretty much everyone in this movie is somebody even the extras are somebody. But mainly friends of director Joe Dante, because you will see all of them in every one of his movies. Yeah. Uh, some of those cameos, Hulk Hogan. Yes. Leonard Moulton. Yeah. Leonard Moulton's interesting because he trashed the first movie, so they got him to basically be in the movie to trash the first movie. Jerry Goldsmith, John Aston, Henry Gibson, your boy, Rick Dukeman. Uh, our. Our boy. Our, our boy, our, the our, Duke. Our first pool scene podcast Hall of Fame member. That's right. The honorary lifeguard himself, everybody. Joe Dante himself is in the movie. One that you spotted, Dick Butkus. Yeah, Dick Butkus and Bubba Smith. Hightower from Police Academy. Yeah, so quite a few, quite a few cameos in this one. So with that said, quickly, 
Who, which non-Gremlin specifically, actor or actress, gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character still see? It's so hard because this movie, this movie is not good whatsoever. If I had to pick one, though, gotta love Phoebe Cates, but Phoebe Cates seems like a dimwit in this movie, even though Phoebe Cates is basically named for this podcast. I'm going to have to go with, it all kicks off with the Duke. I'm going with Dukeman. Dukeman is the catalyst for all this shit. Hold it! Hold it right there! Get the hell out of there! That's a restricted area. Move it! Come on, move! Wow. Looks like I caught me a little terrorist, huh? What's in the bag? Nothing. Yeah. Let's have a little look at that nothing. Give me. I really wouldn't do this if I were you. Yeah, but uh, you aren't me, are you? Oh no. Listen, we gotta find him before he eats something. He already ate something. There are more of these things in here. We, we gotta shut the building down. We? 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 No, there's only one thing we gotta do. We gotta get the cops and we gotta have them put you in a rubber room. Even though he saw a gremlin run out, he thinks Billy should be put in a padded room. Going with the Duke. I am going with, it's easy for me. It's as far as characters go, not acting performances, but as far as characters go, it's definitely Dick Miller as Murray Futterman. Uh, so, you love Futterman. Wait, 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 hold it. No water. What? That's not a fire in there. They're gremlins. You get them wet, they're only going to multiply. Look, you got to let me in there. I know how to deal with them. Sure, pal. Look, why don't you calm down? Just, just take it easy. Calm down. Don't talk to me like I'm crazy. I'm not crazy! I was never crazy. I'm fine. Let me in there! Futterman is Billy's neighbor from, the, I can't, the from his hometown in the yes. first movie. So he comes to visit... Billy and Kate in Manhattan happens to be there right when the, the gremlin thing happens. But this dude, he has no problem killing these gremlins. I love how he has no fear. No, everybody else is kind of like running around avoiding them. Or in the scene where Futterman kills his first gremlin, no one even notices it. No. This really bad CGI. There's a, a gremlin which has... Bad is being nice. Yes. <laughs> So there's a gremlin which is injected with a serum that it grows wings. Mm -hmm. And then it's also injected to be able to go in the sun. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's funny because the talking gremlin, which we'll get into, the talking gremlin tells him, you're going to change things for our kind. You can go in the sun, you know, go out there, see what happens. It's like literally 15 seconds after he goes outside. And then he becomes a fucking gargoyle. Yeah, he gets thrown into some cement by Murray. And then he flies up on top of the building and he gets cemented there as a gargoyle. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Murray, he kills a bunch of gremlins. He just has no problem just grabbing the things and, and killing them. So... Uh, with that said, let's move to best scenes quickly. We'll just do a couple. Did you want to go ahead and do yours first? I'll go first. Uh, Hulk Hogan. We have gremlins in the projection booth. Could you help us? Gremlins? In this theater? Now? Okay, you guys, listen up. People pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Do I have to come up there myself? Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins too, right now. Sorry, folks. It won't happen again. 
Hulk Hogan with the most unnecessary cameo with lines. The dude had lines. It's so this this scene, this cameo scene, is kind of like a Spaceballs thing. Big time. He breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. So in Spaceballs, the movie stops. They have to pop in the home video, that whole thing. So while you're watching Gremlins 2, the movie like cigarette burns, you know, yeah. goes off the reels, and you see just silhouettes behind the movie screen. It's as if you're watching this in a theater and the projectionist walks out because the gremlins are whatever. So the usher of the movie theater walks down and gets Hulk Hogan to fix things. He knows that Hogan's in the movie, in his gear with the championship belt. He's sitting down with the, but remember it's a title, not a belt. He has the title wrapped around his waist in a movie theater and proceeds to go into a promo in which he does rip off the Hulk rules shirt. Yeah. He wants the gremlins to turn the movie back on and it works. They they do it. You don't mess around with Hulkamania. They turn the the movie right back on. Let me tell you, brother. My first favorite scene or best scene is Mohawk torturing Gizmo. That's a good one. And it's only because of all the product placement in this scene. So I I guess they're in like a toy store. There's a logic issue with the building because it's so eclectic. It has everything. This, this building on every floor just has something crazy. So somewhere there's, I guess a toy store. Mohawk tortures Gizmo. There's like some Legos. There's some train sets. There's a, a bunch of different stuff in this scene that you see. And all the gremlins, for whatever reason, seem to love metal. Oh, they love They're it. Listening to Slayer, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Okay, so I briefly mentioned the Duke's appearance, of course. My next and last one will be the only shining grace for Gizmo in this, because quite frankly, Gizmo, a little bit of a bitch throughout this whole movie, I gotta say. When he becomes Rambo and shoots the spider gremlin with apparently flammable whiteout. Yeah. Well, they're screwed. They are. They're screwed. They are. They're trapped in the web. Yes. Yet somehow they're able to walk through it with no issue. And then somehow the Marla character that has an accent that is unbeknownst to humankind who smokes 400 packs a day. I don't know where she's keeping all these cigarettes. Somehow gets re-entrapped in the web. Then Gizmo thinks, you know what? I'm not going to take the shit anymore. Five minutes before the big fight, you brought it up. I'm going to start training. He lifts a two pound weight. He goes through six floors, apparently. Great, great construction here on clamp towers. Then all of a sudden, he makes his way through the vent, has the Rambo headband on, puts it, was it like a pencil? He, he has a pencil in a whiteout bottle. And then shoots it right into the web. He lights it on fire. Oh, he lights it on fire. Yeah. And then basically, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Because we get a lot of Rambo, we hear Rambo quotes, yeah. which I'm assuming they had to pay for. Oh, yeah. So there's more of your budget. And then Gizmo saves the day. And what else does Gizmo do after that? They put him in a fucking cake box and parade him around. Who is that? That's a mogwai. Whatever. That's Gizmo's shining light. The hell with the guy. My last favorite scene is Billy's electric finale. Bypass the file server. Okay. That's it. Oh Mr. Futterman, turn off the hose! Hit it! 
Yeah. So when the they get this idea that they're going to trap all the gremlins in the lobby, trick them into thinking it's nighttime, mm-hmm. and then reveal the bright light, which will kill them all. <laughs> maybe a maybe a flawed plan because as soon as the gremlins saw the light, wouldn't they just scatter back into the building? You'd think, unless they shut down all the hallways and everything and literally trapped them in the lobby. Yeah. Then the sun, like they're going to just scatter or turn away, whatever. They somehow got a 10 story high Broadway curtain fashioned in no time. Yes. If the gremlins had any intelligence at all, they would realize not very realistic as far as night is concerned. However, when they're going to drop the thing, which they never end up doing because it starts storming. Yeah. And then there's no point in dropping it because there's no sun. So Billy thinks fast on his feet and he's like, oh shit. I trapped an electric gremlin. So in the science lab, one of the gremlins drank a potion that turned him into literally electric. He's like a lightning bolt. They trap him in the phone system. So basically he's stuck in Clamp's phone on hold. Video phone. Yeah, his video phone. So they spray a fire hose all over the gremlins, which is a terrible idea because essentially they're going to sprout a whole bunch more gremlins. Mm Mm-hmm. But he sprays the water on him, releases the electric gremlin, and then it melts all of them into a sludge. And that's Which is how they really, went. I will say, super gross. Yeah, it's nasty. It's very effective. The, the, the intelligent gremlin, the one who can talk, he kind of slumps over and it's like, not to be too gross, but it's like the Bud Dwyer thing, the politician yeah. who committed suicide, if you've ever watched that video singing frank sinatra yeah he's he's like melting it's gross so that's that's it so with that said very special pool check for you this week spooky pool check why don't we go ahead and get to that ladies and gentlemen it's time for scary pool check all right that's great this week because it is the halloween season now i've been doing a 31 days of halloween that i do every year and I watch at least one scary, spooky Halloween related movie. A any, day. New, any new ones or you go back to the old classics? <sighs> yeah, some new ones. Okay. I, you know, there's there's five or six, which a couple of which we're going to get into mm-hmm. that I watch regardless every year I return to. But I try to check out some new things and sometimes I get a hankering to watch this or that, you know, but uh, I've probably... Honestly, watched close to 50 already. Damn. With a couple couple days to go. So with that said, what we're going to do is give you some Halloween suggestions. Hopefully by this point, you're in the, the spirit of the season. Now, mm-hmm. I... I will say, you know, pandemic year, everything kind of sucks. You know, we're making best. We're making do. So I really leaned into Halloween. I really mm. wanted to escape. Yeah. So this year, you know, decorated the house a ton. Um, got a bunch of stuff. As I said, I've watched like 50 movies. So I'm really leaning into it. So we want you to feel the same, hopefully. Yes. So we've got some suggestions. It could be music. It could be TV shows. It could be movies. We are Just, scattered. Yeah. We're going to suggest some things for you that you can consume to get in the Halloween spirit. Okay. Go ahead, Kevin. You start. Okay. My number five is more of a recent thing. It's Stranger Things. Oh, hell yeah. Our favorite. So, so the the whole nostalgic feel of Stranger Things feels like Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I would say Binge the whole thing. It's fantastic. Last season was great. They're because of the pandemic, of course, fucking up everything. Season four will be out next year and it looks very good. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, it ended in season three, ended in a pretty interesting note. You know, it's no spoilers. We don't want to do that to you, but I will say if you haven't watched it, go check it out. Season two made me cry. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I will agree. One of the most ridiculous things that's ever made me cry, the final episode. I will say the never ending story song that Dustin sings to his girlfriend is. I wouldn't say the level of Hurley being able to start the van and lost, but it, it's very heartwarming. It's, it's, it's very it's, great. It's, it's that whole thing's great because when you, uh, you almost, it's like the whole, I have a boyfriend or I have a girlfriend in Canada yes. yeah. and you don't think that Dustin actually has this girlfriend. So yeah, you're of. full of shit, Dustin. And okay. then you, and it's dusty bunch. Yeah, it's there. Okay. So my number five, most of these to me are what I grew up with and what I associated with like Halloween and scary for me. It's wrestling. The second pay-per-view I ever saw of all time was WCW's Halloween Havoc 1990. Yes. Now, 1990, of course, WCW was always somewhat floundering. The WWF at the time was huge. You know, they just came off Hogan Warrior, WrestleMania 6. This one, it was Halloween themed. The ring ropes were black and orange. The mat was orange. You had growing up, who I've mentioned in the past, who I thought he starred in Total Recall as Tony. Sting yeah. fighting Sid Vicious for the world title. And I can remember getting upset as a kid because they did the old switcheroo where Barry Windham comes out in Sting's face paint and takes the fall to Sid Vicious. I remember being upset as a child. That always stuck out to me. Plus, one of my favorite tag teams of all time were on this show, the Midnight Express. So for me, Halloween Havoc 1990, I always try to watch it around this time of year because it reminds me of the good old times when I was just a wee little boy. See, if I could, uh, if I had the the room and the money, some expendable income, I want to just build or buy a replica set of Halloween Havoc. Oh, those were ridiculous. Those are awesome. There's like a giant phantom head and like some tombstones. And the stuff. one thing that always drove me nuts about WCW in the early, the late 80s, early 90s, their rampways were always elaborate. They long oh, rampways, great. but they off centered the WCW logo. Yeah. And they totally did it on purpose, yep. which drove me nuts as a kid. I'm like, don't you think somebody could just lift that side up a little bit? Yeah. No, they never did. No, they liked it. So that was a, a good one. Uh, my number four is one that I do return to every year. It is an underrated gem. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It is. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Oh, such a very, very underrated what movie. What a smart movie. Beyond smart. I think it was too smart for its own good. So essentially, it's shot like a documentary. Yes. So a college film. This Okay, this is a universe where Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, and so on are real. Mm-hmm. So this, this student film crew want to make a documentary about the next great slasher leslie vernon and they follow him around and he essentially teaches them the rules of how he does it you know all his cardio routines and all his tricks and how he does it how he picks his victims how he gets them there and there's again i'm not going to spoil it but there's just an awesome final sequence of this movie there's a moment that the whole thing turns on its head Watch that movie. I think it might be one of the best horror movies in the past 20 to 25 years. It's so great. And even... The, and not that many people saw the damn even thing. Even you, if you watch the whole credit sequence, they're playing Talking Heads Psycho Killer, yes. which is a great song to listen to this time of year if you make a Halloween playlist. So 
check out Behind the Mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon, which sometimes is on Netflix. Right now, I know it's on Shudder, if you have Shudder. I'm pretty sure you could find this DVD for like five bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and if it's... It's funny because the marketing for the movie almost makes it just look like an, another bad slasher movie. Yeah, but it's not. You have to watch it yeah. because it's it's so smart. They they pull some Robert Englund's in it and what's uh, the lady from Poltergeist, Zelda, whatever. Oh, Zelda is. Rubenstein. Yeah, she's in it. Carolyn. Yeah. So I hated that movie. It's crazy to me that you hated it. <laughs> hated it. But uh, yeah, so that's my number four. Okay, my number four. It's going to sound weird because I've never seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. <laughs> it's going to sound crazy because I've never seen it. <laughs> However, on NBC Saturdays at 1 a.m. when my parents were first starting to date and we went over to my dad's house, Freddy's Nightmares would be on NBC. Now, it was kind of based on Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Freddie would be the host and it would just be these nonsensical little horror vignettes that would have nothing to do with Freddy. But. Just seeing Freddy Krueger alone as a kid gave me nightmares. Oh, yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Hence why growing up, never watched yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. The funny thing about Nightmare on Elm Street is you're exactly right. You'd see Freddy or you'd see advertisement and be like, oh, my God, this is scary. He's a scarred up dude. Because he claws. came in your dreams and you can't stop him. Right. It's very it's a very smart concept. But then you watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie and Freddy, like, more so in the later movies, but does, like, the shades tip in. He calls everybody bitch. He turned into really funny things. He I got mean, all hammy, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, they're very... It's almost like Gremlins too. It's very like slapstick and ridiculous. But everybody told me that Dream Warriors, I think oh it's the third God. one, is the best yeah, one. Yes, it's fantastic. But isn't the first one basically the more scarier of all of them, though? Yeah, it's more yes. serious. Yeah, and then they just slowly get away from... Well, I have to watch slowly. that. You should. Dream Warriors is, is pretty good. and Dawkins. Yeah, I was going to say, that song, Dawkins, <laughs> Dream Warriors... Absolutely should be on your playlist. If oh, you're definitely. One. And if anybody wants to, I make a Halloween playlist on Spotify. Reach out. I'll send you mine. It's like uh, several hours. Yeah, maybe we have to collaborate and have a pool scene podcast playlist for Spotify playlist. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that anyway with songs featured in movies. Movie soundtrack. That's a good idea. Cocktail would have been a good one. Damn straight. My number three, Trick or Treat from 2007. Another good one, man. It's that one feels like Halloween. You know, the, the setting where it's filmed. And this one is one of the better. And this isn't to be confused with. There's a 80s horror movie called Trick or Treat that stars like D. Snyder and Ozzy Osbourne, which is also really good, but not that one. The 2007 featuring the character of Sam, and it's an anthology movie. And the way that this movie ties together all the anthology scenes is really well done. It's not like kids sitting around a campfire telling stories and there's a break in between each one. It's a seamless, you know, hour and a half movie, whatever. The whole thing's seamless, but the the way that they tie the vignettes yeah. together is really well done. And it just feels like Halloween. So my number three is Friday the 13th Part 2. Now, let me tell you, I was a big, big, big Friday the 13th Part 2 fan. That was my favorite out of all of them. I've had friends who say I love Friday Part 6. I've had some that like five, and I wasn't even Jason. It was a fucking farmer with a mask on his yeah. face, okay? So we used to go to a horror movie convention called Cinema Wasteland, yeah. which is still going. I mean, not this year because of what's happened. Steve Dash, who played Jason, was going to be there. I was so hyped. Yeah. So I'm in line waiting to talk to the guy, and I'm so excited. I, you know, I put down, you know, I'm about ready to put down my money. I go, Mr. Dash, it's awesome to meet you. I love that you wore the bag on your head. He's like, it's not a bag. 
it's a sack. And he <laughs> looked at me deadpan and had the audacity to fucking say that to me. Good thing I didn't put my money down because I had the money in my hand right above the table. I retracted it, walked away, never saw the fucking movie again. Yeah. I Cinema Wasteland's a really fun time. Oh, we, we were so drunk so many times. Yeah, we used to just take over a hotel. But um, shout out to my buddy, uh, Charlie. You got Menendez, buddy. One of the best and uh, funniest things from Wasteland and meeting someone is they had Leslie Easterbrook there oh, from Callahan, you know, the, yes, Callahan from police Academy where she's best known, but she was also in the Rob zombie, like devil's rejects mm-hmm. house, house of a thousand, thousand corpses. corpses movies. I think she was just in house of a thousand. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But you know, we had a table kind of nearby. Yeah. And the amount of guys who approached her and was like, you were the first tits I saw. Or I jerked off to and you. I jerked off. To, what like, do you, re- how do you respond to that? Thank you. <laughs> cool. Whereas, Thank you. Give me it. You know, my pictures are 25, but for you, they're 50. And it's always a 525 pound guy that smells like old Arby's and lettuce. Yeah. It's like, fuck man. Come on. Ar- but yeah. Fuck you, Steve dash. Arby's donut. <laughs> uh, my number two is monster squad. Okay. Yeah. So monster squad is, would you call this a kid's horror movie? So our main characters yeah, are kids and it's, it's great. It's, it's Fred Decker who directed it, but you know, who's done a bunch of, a bunch of great stuff. It's not gory. It's not graphic. No. It's about, you know, the universal monsters are returning it's a fun ass movie yeah, and kids. Who, there's a lot of great one liners and kids who have a monster club basically save the day. And there's a really great ending with, you know, the army comes in, but they've already taken care of it. And they're like, uh, what's going on? And the kid's like, we've taken care of it. Well, who are you guys? We're the monster squad. Mm-hmm. And he hands them a business card. Great. But yeah, I, w- I would say, I mean, I probably wouldn't show this to too small of a child. Maybe there's maybe a couple scary parts, but yeah. But yeah, this is totally say like eight and above. I think you're good. A, a absolutely great transition to horror yeah, if you've got kids and you want to get them into horror movies and scary movies and, and just the halloween season this is definitely a great one to transition into that mm-hmm. and and it's fun for adults it's like uh if it is a kid's movie it's totally enjoyable for adults i own it but i haven't seen it in probably about 10 years i or watched so. that like a week ago so my number two is my favorite Halloween movie of all time. And that's the original 1978 Halloween because Michael Myers is my number one by far because he's just that stalker. He's the ultimate stalker. However, there is one scene in Halloween that I think perhaps might be the scariest and best shot scene in a horror movie. Let me set the stage for you. I know everybody's seen this movie, so it's no spoilers. Lori sitting in her schoolroom. She has this feeling like somebody's looking at her. You got the camera looking at straight at her. Then she starts looking outside. When she looks outside, you see through the slat of the blinds, you see the figure of Michael Myers just standing there, head basically just above the station wagon, staring back at her, go back to the one shot of her, then he's gone. Yep. That shot alone scared the absolute hell out of me as a kid. And to this day, I'm like, that's a brilliant shot. It's great. And it's been borrowed and used by every mm-hmm. horror movie since, but no one's ever done it better than the original, which is Halloween. So much great like trivia and things about this movie. Captain Kirk mask. Exactly. They <laughs> spray painted they were, a Captain Kirk so mask. If you've seen a movie like Sorority House Mask, not Sorority yeah, House Mask, but uh, Slumber Party Mask. Yes. Those movies, it was more about 
It's camp. I yeah, mean, it's the campy. camp, the gore, yeah. the running from the kill. So Halloween, I think, originally was like that. It mm-hmm. wasn't a whole lot of story. It was just a crazed killer is stalking someone. You know, the the family links and all of that all came later with that franchise. So in the first one, they basically were like, we need a mask for this killer. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Because... It wasn't like, you know, an iconic mask like Jason or something. They no. were just like, we literally need a mask for this killer. Yeah, for the shape. Because he was he, he was known as the shape. He yeah, was just the, the shape. shape. Right. So he wasn't supposed to have a whole lot of story or anything. So if you didn't know, I would think that most of you do, the effects people for this movie literally went and were like, we just need a mask. And they went to the prop house or whatever. They gave them a William Shatner mask. Mm-hmm. A Star Trek Captain Kirk mask, which they painted the face white. and yep. they combed the hair different they put like brown eyebrows yeah that's it yep but it's literally captain kirk mask uh one of the effects people from the original movie just put up the original mm-hmm. like prototype mask that they had and his hair was a little bit like crazier the mask went way down the hill as the movies went on like when halloween oh my four, god halloween four and five basically made michael myers look asian five was like a bootleg like uh horrible flea market man it's like the last time the mask ever looked good is when they redid the remake of halloween where it ignores all the other movies after the first it's almost one. like they went to the halloween store and bought a michael myers mask horrible it's so bad the other the other thing i want to mention about halloween is again it's important for me that a halloween movie feels like halloween like it feels like yeah you know trick-or-treating kids and jack-o'-lanterns on porches make it feel like it could possibly happen to you yeah it's got to feel like halloween but the funny thing about halloween is like to me it's like the penultimate like sets the halloween mood but then there's like palm trees in the movie yeah because it was shot in california yeah no it's haddonfield illinois man don't lie to me it's illinois so there's supposed to be like leaves on the ground stuff and and there are but it's funny that it feels like like they did very well because it's it feels like halloween but it's like oh there's a a palm tree oh is that the ocean (laughs) (laughs) i come on the beach in illinois Um, surprised that never became a movie (laughs) <laughs> yeah halloween on the beach probably my number one also in the halloween franchise one that you love specifically jim it's Gosh. halloween three season of the witch oh fuck that movie i watch it so ah during trick-or-treat every year i watch it at least once a couple times on halloween itself halloween if you didn't know again Halloween happened, was very popular, exceeded expectations, so they made Halloween 2. Which is another good one. Halloween 2 is really good. In the hospital. Different director, gave some backstory to the characters, you know, filled in, like, really upped the stakes of the franchise. But Michael dies at the end, as he does, I think, in every (laughs) one. Michael dies in the end, and they were going to close the book. That's Mm -hmm. the end of Michael Myers. So Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. Completely new concept. Now, a lot of people will tell you this. If it was just called Season of the Witch, you'd be fine. It would be a fine standalone movie. That's what they should have done. But a lot of people have a problem because they made Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Well, how many people went to the movie theaters thinking, oh, Michael's back? Exactly. The way the advertisements were. The only Michael Myers in this movie is during a bar scene and they're playing halloween on a tv mm-hmm. where you see michael myers but essentially the plot of halloween 3 if you haven't seen it is that a company called silver shamrock has a giveaway where they want kids to buy their masks and then on halloween night they're doing a giveaway which all the masks are going to kill all the kids who have them unless a doctor 
stops <laughs> stops it from happening. That fucking song. Dun, 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 go, ahead, dun, go ahead and play it. So that song oh. is in the movie, I don't know, 30 times. Oh, yeah. You want to know how bad it is? My ex-girlfriend, we decided, hey, let's curl <laughs> up in bed. Let's watch this movie. Got it on DVD. Put it in. Fell asleep. Remember old DVDs? The menu music would yeah. just loop. Yep. Wake up at three in the morning to dun, 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 yep. dun, 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 dun. Nope. Screw it. So if Halloween three would have been successful, every Halloween movie following would have been a new concept. Yeah. No more Michael Myers. No. But Halloween three didn't perform the way that they had wanted it to. So they returned to Michael Myers <laughs> yeah. for four, they five, with Resurrection, H two O, Rob Zombie remakes. Which one? Then they had like the reality show where they had cameras in it. The Rob Zombie remakes are pure garbage. The second one is almost like bordering though. The second Rob Zombie Halloween is almost bordering on like this is so bad that it's kind of good. I, I kind of like the second one for that. But I like the fact that they did the remake two years ago and they basically said, this is how it works in the yeah. timeline. It's the, after the first Halloween movie, 30 years after the first one, two, three, four, five, six, they're all 30 of them yeah. never happened. Which is weird that they got rid of two, but they, if they didn't get rid of two, then. But then they're, I think next Halloween, they're doing the final, the final, final. I thought there were two more. There's oh, is there two more? kills. Yeah, maybe. But again, they, everything got delayed because of coronavirus. Yep. My number one is something that scared me so much as a kid that sometimes I put it on very late at night and it still scares me to this day. In 1983, ABC came out with a movie called The Day After. Yeah. Now, The Day After basically was about a small town in Kansas, Lawrence specifically, the University of Kansas, and how they were close to Minuteman missile sites, nuclear weapons, ICBMs. At the time, we were embroiled in the Cold War to the point this is the closest we ever got to midnight, the doomsday clock. Well, in this movie, the unthinkable happens. The Soviets and the East Germans move on West Berlin, and all of a sudden, war breaks out. Now, in this little tiny town, you get to know all these characters and stuff like that. Steve Gutenberg's in it, too, by the way, yep. and John Lithgow. Nuclear war ends up happening, and they portray it in this movie to the point they had to say, when coming back from commercial break, that this is entirely fiction. Yeah. This is what we think might happen. It scared President Reagan. Like, this is legit, everybody. It scared the President of the United States so much that he looked into nuclear policy and disarmament. It freaked him out that much. And to the point, they also had an hour and a half after show hosted by Ted Koppel of Nightline. This movie fucked up an entire generation and it made people realize nuclear war is not the way. Yeah. Check that movie out. I mean, it's very dated. It's 1983 this came out, but the message still is the same. So yeah. that was my number one, the day after. Yeah, scary for a different reason. Yep. So there's a million Halloween songs we mentioned at the top of the show. The Monster Mash. Nightmare on My Street. Yeah, Nightmare on My Street. There's, there's a million. Again, reach out to me personally. I will send you my playlist. Oh, Man Behind the Mask. Yeah. Yeah. So some of other honorable mentions as far as movies go. On Netflix right now, brand new, came out a couple weeks ago. Hubie Halloween, Adam Sandler movie. I've watched it, no joke, six times. Um, I, I, 
it is a speechless. It is an Adam Sandler movie. That's the problem. Very much, you know what you're getting. Is Adam it water? Is he Water Boy? He's Canteen Boy. Oh my god! So he's Baldwin in it. Buscemi. Okay. Kevin James, the girl from Happy Gilmore. Oh, Julie Bowen. Yeah, Julie Bowen's his love interest. Uh, Keenan Thompson's in it. I mean, literally, like if all of Adam Sandler's people. But that movie takes place in Salem, Massachusetts. Okay. There's just again for me, if it's got a bunch of like trick or treating, like Halloween scenes, jack o' lanterns, like decorations. I'm in and it's it's fine it's if again it's if you know what an Adam Sandler movie is yeah. if you know what grown-ups or it seemed like happy he, Gilmore whatever he got to a point and then just said fuck all and just I, people want to shit on him seriously don't you want his life like, I mean I mean he's making money hand over like, foot hey I get to hang out with all of my friends get exactly who I want in every one of these movies and Netflix money getting a ton of money what like I envy the guy. Yeah, I guess you're right about so, that. So give it a watch. I mean, if you're if you're like me and you just want to consume as much Halloween stuff as possible, give it a watch. I don't really have a horror movie here, but I'm going to say Alien. Alien. The original. Yeah. The sci-fi thriller. Uh, the, oh, um, Event Horizon. That's scary Pretty shit. scary. James Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy, he made Slither. Nathan Fillion. That's one of my favorite movies. Fantastic movie. A movie it's very much like. Night of the Creeps. Yes. Another Fred Decker one with Tom Adkins, who's mm-hmm. in Halloween. 3. Man of action. If you're into Halloween stuff and you like a little bit more lighthearted, maybe not the horror, Hocus Pocus is a big one, which very disappointed to find out they're making another one. All of the original cast returned, what, 30 years later. I mean, if you want a good song that could be kind of scary, Hocus Pocus by Focus. Something I just watched a bunch of yesterday, day before, because. The character of Sam Hain is real Ghostbusters. So one of their big villains. I mean, you can pretty much watch Ghostbusters, but you can watch the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Not the filmation one. No, not that crap. Not extreme Ghostbusters. (laughs) None of those. Watch real Ghostbusters and specifically the Sam Hain episodes, which was like a big bad villain for them that they fought. He wanted to bring Halloween to life. So... There's a ton of family ones. The Goosebumps movies with Jack Black playing R.L. Stein based on the Goosebumps books. Those are pretty good. If you want to watch like a super dark horror movie, I mean, just literally watch The Exorcist. Well, Invasion yeah. of the Body Snatchers is a good one. Yeah, too. watch like any of the classic ones. Um, Chopping Mall. Watch that. Yeah, it's it's really short. If you just need to uh, this year, I think the things that blew me away more than anything when it came to horror movies I haven't seen. WNUF Halloween special. Okay. Which is literally shot like a news special, like Halloween special. It's on VHS. It's got commercials. So there's tons of commercial breaks in it. It's sort of like a Blair Witch vibe, but it is, I cannot stress how awesome it is. It is fantastic. Another one, which I want to say, and I would recommend you do the same know as little about this as possible watch the entire thing don't shut it off when there's a cue and it seems like you should shut it off watch the entire movie of it's a japanese zombie movie called one cut of the dead never heard of it it's so it was made for like thirteen thousand dollars it's made more than 30 million and it like survived in theaters like a fungus so smarter than gremlins too 
way smarter than gremlins too. smarter almost than like remember like the first time you saw like Shaun of the dead oh of course like oh my god they're mm-hmm. really on to something with this like one cut of the dead i watched again i want to say as little about it as possible because it's important that you know nothing about it i don't even know how to say this without spoiling it but there's there's part of it where i watched it and i was like really that's it like that's that this is the movie that that everybody's talking about like this is it and then you watch the whole thing and by the end you're like this is fucking awesome. Like, it's just so, so great. So I'd suggest that one. I've also watched some really bad ones. Night so. of the Demons. Talk about a bad one. Yeah. Dead Heat is a great one. Watch that one. It's a, yeah. Ernest Scared Stupid. Watch that one. Oh, if you, God. <laughs> if you like Ernest. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead. Uh, you can please reach out to me personally. I'll tell you all kinds of suggestions. I'll send you my list of what I've watched this year. And help you get on your way if you need some more suggestions. Everybody back in the pool. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. Yeah! Okay, logic. Let's go through quickly and say a couple logic. Mostly it stems from what are the rules with the gremlins? No feeding after midnight, water, and bright light. Okay, so they make fun of that pretty much in this movie. There's a whole sequence where they were like, wait a minute. If a gremlin eats and gets something stuck in his teeth and that item becomes dislodged after midnight and then he swallows that, does that matter? Is it just water? Can it be any liquid? Can you put mustard on the sun? Can I piss on a gremlin? Yeah, piss gremlin. Well, and then make a piss gremlin. If a gremlin gets on an airplane and changes time zones, I mean, is this based on Pacific time, Eastern time, whatever? Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah, it's so strange, the rules of gremlin. Also, this Joe Dante kind of, this whole movie kind of feels like a middle finger to himself. It basically is. It's like he got paid a bunch of money. To just make fun and deconstruct his movie. Use the money to wipe his own ass. Yeah. There's so much over-the-top stuff in this movie. I mean, the Hulk Hogan, Looney Tunes. Like, I would love to know what the extras budget was. Like, seriously, they spent a ton of money in just cameos for yeah. unnecessary shit. This movie ends with a gremlin sex scene. Yeah. Why are there no female gremlins? There's only the one. Yeah, and there's only one because she or he at the time drank a potion in the science lab, which turned him into a woman. So why are there no female gremlins? They're just one sex. Well, think about it, too. There's only one female gremlin, and she's uber sexual. Maybe they're looking at the fact that see a female gremlin is an evil thing. I don't know. There's no, you don't see gremlin dicks. They don't wear clothes. Now imagine that if that fucking gremlin had a giant third leg. (laughs) Jesus. They don't wear clothes and I don't see any genitalia. Yeah. So maybe that's why. I got a big one. Phoebe Cates taking a 90 story drop down the elevator. Yeah. And completely being okay. Yeah. The gremlins, uh, they're underneath the elevator. A bunch of gremlins are underneath the elevator. The, uh, what do you, the buddy Hackett gremlin you call him? Buddy Hackett gremlin. He, uh, I actually had a couple questions I wanted to ask you. Speaking of the Buddy Hackett Gremlin right. that I missed on after the pool check. First, favorite Halloween candy? Candy corn. No, really? <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, I love candy corn. Weird. Yeah, it's good um, stuff. I'll probably say Reese Pumpkins. And the hell is a Reese pumpkin? Like a Reese cup yeah. in the shape of a pumpkin. Oh, but okay. the ratio is different. Never heard of it. Ratio? What? I never heard of it. Like Reese Christmas trees? Reese? I only know the eggs. Easter eggs? Yeah, that's same, all I know. Same thing. Just okay. Different shapes for different holidays. Next, who is the MVG, as in most valuable gremlin? 
the electric one, the smart one, the female, the vegetable. It would have, I guess it would have to be the brain gremlin. Yeah. Brain gremlin, honorable mention to buddy hack at gremlin. The brain gremlin. The only one that can talk, well, have logical thought. I shoots should say. a gremlin in the face with a gun, which to me crosses the line of slapstick. I mean, they're slapstick, like bonk them in the head with a, a mallet, whatever. But they didn't even put a squib on the no, head. No, they didn't. At least they didn't have gore or anything. But literally, <sighs> he pulls out a gun and he shoots another gremlin in the face with a gun. Is it bad that I really wanted to see somebody shoot Gizmo in the head? <laughs> like, seriously, he's, he's such a I get it. He's cute. He's adorable. He's a toy selling fiend. Pull the trigger on the son of a bitch. Yeah. Okay. So again, this whole movie kind of feels like a middle finger to the first movie. Yeah. And even though this is a disaster, they planned a third one. Christopher Columbus, who made Harry Potter. Who did not and, discover America. No, the director, Christopher Columbus. Home uh, Alone. Yeah. Home Alone had made a bunch of movies. He kind of threw out a question about gremlins because I think he was tied to a third one. And he said, what if there was a dark gremlins movie where if all of the bad gremlins come from gizmo. So every time gizmo spawns, those gremlins are assholes. They're like literally they're so mean. They're terrible gremlins. He's like, shouldn't gizmo be eliminated? You'd think, why don't they kill him? So that's basically the idea of Christopher Columbus's idea for Gremlins 3, which is like, why don't they put some people... Like a mafia hit? <laughs> basically. <laughs> we're going to uh, get the Italian Gremlin crime family to put a hit on Gizmo. So with that said, what's the legacy of this movie, Jim? If only Eddie Murphy was Gizmo, there'd be a better legacy to better it. Better than Howie Mandel. That's enough. Why in God's name do you pay somebody that much money? We can only assume it was a lot of money. Yeah. For him to basically say any money that five they paid lines on. and just go. Bleh. Yeah. Me or you could talk like that for the three lines that Gizmo has. Yeah. See, I could do that. Give me a million bucks. Jim, what's the legacy of Gremlins 2? You almost sounded like. Precious. Yeah. I have to wear my doll's dress. Hey, how's it going? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marky Mark Gremlin would be great. <laughs> Just working out. Hey, isn't this great? So what's the uh, what's the legacy of Gremlins 2? Really? There's yeah. legacy? Uh, that it killed the Gremlins franchise? I mean, it pretty much destroyed it. That's uh, kind of its legacy is that they took something as, never, lo as lovable as Gremlins and killed it. There never should have been a second one. Probably not. One and done. But as fine. I said, there was there has been a pitch for years floating around for a third gremlins movie which Ugh. everybody has said that they would return other uh. than joe dante first i'll say that the pitch that was floating around for a while for a few years for gremlins 3 was they cannot drop the las vegas thing they keep the, going uh, on original with it. idea for for gremlins 2 was vegas and then they were like well we didn't get to do it with two why don't we do it with three they wanted to send the gremlins to vegas i get it I yeah. mean, let's see them play blackjack. Yeah. Play blackjack in the hotels, whatever. Apparently though, according to star Ga Zach Galligan, who played Billy, the latest premise that was pitched, I don't understand why is that his character would be a member of president Donald Trump's cabinet, which is basically gremlins in the white house. Jesus Christ. I, I can see it. 
I don't uh, want to, but you can totally picture gremlins in the White House. Yeah, just what we need to do. Give that asshole more money. Great. Mitch, Mitch McConnell currently looks like he's turning into a gremlin. Turtle gremlin? Yeah. His, yeah. He's got his hands look like it looks it literally looks like he's wiped his ass with his one hand yeah it's like he's like a reanimated corpse yeah. he might be he has and ass hands yeah he, he has ass he has ass <laughs> face he has ass everything yeah he's the epitome of an ass yep all right stick around for some plugs once again pool seniors thank you for checking out the pod this week remember if you want to know what's going on any updates any exciting things coming around the corner check us out on facebook and instagram at pool scene podcast also at pool scene pod on the twitter also if you want to drop us a line send us an email at pool scene podcast at gmail.com any movie ideas we have some amazing movies coming up if there's a movie you want us to cover let us know you're on the journey with us and now Back to Kevin. All right, everyone. We greatly appreciate you tuning in for this spooky Halloween episode. This, again, is not associated with any season, just a Halloween holiday special. We will be probably taking a week off. Yep. So next week, no episode uh, while we plan and prepare to start season three season three everybody podcast exciting things coming up for you in season three also everybody we are 30 followers away now on instagram get us to 100 follows on instagram hashtag instapool 100 and we will do another special thing of spin the wheel make the deal all right everyone we will see you in season three Silencio! Silencio! Don't get-